Every single time Hunter wakes up from a nap these days, he's asking for a snack and it's usually a fruit snack. And I used to say heck no to all kinds of fruit snacks and goodies like that because I hated all of the artificial dyes, harmful ingredients, and the ridiculous amount of sugar that they have. And while I still am a big proponent in not having all of those things all the time, I find so much hope in knowing that Thrive Market has me covered and has Hunter covered for not just all of those sweet fun treats, but also other essentials while keeping him safe and healthy. And it's honestly become a fun little tradition for Michael and I to sit down and pick out our Thrive Market order. They're so amazing and such our go-to for delicious snacks and pantry essentials and so much more. Their app is so easy to use and everything is delivered to our doorstep in a matter of days, which drastically reduces my stress level because making time to go to the grocery store is my least favorite thing to do. Plus, I'm obsessed with their standards. They restrict literally 1,000 plus harmful ingredients and they only allow the most trusted ingredients for you. I mean, even last order, I saved $20 and got an incredible deal on the poppy probiotic sodas that I love. Plus, it's not just good for your family. When you join Thrive Market, they also gift a membership to a family in need, which is the greatest. So let's save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash truthtalks for 30% off your first order. Plus, you get a $60 gift for free. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash truth talks. Thrivemarket.com slash truth talks. Welcome to Truth Talks with Tara. The purpose behind this podcast and online ministry is to help beautiful women like yourself know, love, and live God's truth. Not only will this be a space of truthful, faith-filled talks, it will also be a place where we let God's word speak for itself because God's truth speaks. My name is Tara, and I'm your host, but you can call me your sister. Join me each week as we talk about the truth of God's Word and how it can ignite us with purpose. We'll talk about God's Word, how we're called to live, challenging topics, and grow in faith together. My prayer is that God would use this podcast to encourage and equip our hearts. Let's be women who love His truth, live His truth, and spread His truth. Welcome to another episode of Truth Talks with Tara. It is your host and friend, Tara. Guys, I have been preparing and planning this episode with my sweet friend, Grant Clay. He is an amazing friend in real life. We go to church together and it's been amazing to learn from him. He is graciously on today's episode to talk about hermeneutics. Now, please do not shy away from how big and scary that word may seem. If you are searching to understand the Bible and to interpret it and to know how it was originally meant to be understood by God through these authors, if you want to be a deeper studier of God's word and to find tools and encouragement in how to do that pursuit, this episode is for you. Grant is a pastor and also the director of ELS International. It is this amazing organization that equips leaders internationally, mainly in Africa and other countries like that, to help these pastors understand the Bible so that they can teach their congregations and spread the word because there are so many people, especially in rural international areas that don't know how to understand the Bible. They don't even know where to begin. And so Grant is actually finishing up his PhD, his dissertation in Herman 
hermeneutics. So I thought it would be an amazing conversation to have the expert on with us today. So please, I would pray that this episode would just encourage your heart. And I pray that it would be a challenge in the best ways and that your hunger for the Lord and his word would just grow through listening to this. So make sure to stay tuned, take notes, listen to this again if you need to. There are so many good practical nuggets. And this again is God's way of just helping us understand truth. Grant and I just pray that you walk away from this episode with so much hope, the hope that God has for you and the excitement that he has for you in actually understanding his word. He wants you to understand his word. He's given you these tools. He's given us hermeneutics. He's given us the Holy Spirit to help us understand the word. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Grant. Please make sure to take a screenshot, share it to your Instagram stories, text the link to a friend. Let's get this word out. Hey Grant, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I have been looking forward to this conversation and I'm really pumped for what we all get to learn today. So again, thank you for being here. Would you introduce yourself to our friends here listening? Tell us a little bit about you and what you do and all of that good stuff. Sure thing. Thanks Tara for letting me join in the conversation. Looking forward to um, yeah to our talk and what yeah. God will have for uh, for us and for your your listeners. So my name is Grant Clay, and I grew up in uh, the Seattle area of Washington State. Uh, d- didn't grow up in a, in a Christian home. Uh, grew up in a, re- a great family, um, very moral, and they taught my sister and I right from wrong really well. My parents were, were great people, but um, I, I came to Christ um, later on in high school uh, through a church camp, actually, uh, that um, some people had invited me to. Um, and from there, went to um, Whitworth College, which is now Whitworth University in Spokane, Washington. Um, and then um, felt a, a call to ministry to, to teach God's word. And then went to seminary in Chicago. And uh, from there, uh, I pastored in Kansas for 14 years. And now I moved, I'm back here in the Northwest and came to Oregon uh, two years ago to work with a mission organization called Equipping Leaders for a Lifetime of Service International. That's kind of a a mouthful. So we just say (laughs) L's International for short, E-L-L-S, L's International for short. And what we do is we work with pastors uh, throughout the developing world, um, right now primarily in Africa, but hopefully other countries as as God opens up new opportunities. And we um, help pastors um, understand how to interpret scripture. Uh, a lot of pastors in the developing world don't have access to seminaries mm-hmm. or Bible colleges um, and, you know, things of, of that sort. So what we do is we go to rural areas, um, rural and remote areas, and try to reach pastors right where they are and give them the tools that they need to um, preach and teach God's word with with accuracy, uh, with clarity, uh, and with, with passion, spirit-inspired passion, uh, so they can build build their congregations and build the church and um, see the great commission fulfilled. That's kind of the heart of what we do is helping people, helping these pastors um, disciple their people and teach their people well. So we can see more, um, more missionaries sent out to reach uh, more and more people, mm-hmm. um, particularly places that most North Americans aren't able to, to go uh, right, because right. of security reasons or whatnot, cultural reasons. Um so, um, yeah, we, we, we see Ells International is awakening a, a kind of the global missionary force uh, around the world. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I'm married to uh, my 
beautiful wife, Suzanne. We've been married for almost 17 years. We've got three great kids. Um, I've got a 13-year-old, a, a daughter named Tori, a 10-year-old son named Luke, and a nine-year-old daughter named McKenna. And they are <laughs> our pride and joy, and um, they're a lot of fun. So that's a little bit about me. Love it. Love it. I'm really impressed, first and foremost, that you can remember your kids' ages. I know that they're still little, but my dad's like, Tara, he's like, don't even like try to tell me like, or like ask me like when your birthday is, how old you are. <laughs> Maybe that's <laughs> him just getting older, but. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you're asking me birthdays, I'd probably have to pause um, for a little while and go, um, okay. Let me go back <laughs> in time. There, <laughs> right. That's another, I won't, I won't ask you in this conversation. Um, <laughs> No, I'm I'm super excited. I actually didn't I didn't know a few things about your intro and your testimony, your brief testimony, which is which is really cool. And um, friends listening, um, it might seem kind of random, but um, Grant and I, um, Grant is going to my family church, the church that I grew up in. Their family started going there two years ago when um, they came here to Oregon, and I've gotten to know him and his wife and. Uh, mainly his oldest daughter through our youth group here um, and just helping out with that. So it's been really cool to connect. And I think soon you're going to see why we're having this conversation. Like he said, not only does he run L's, but um, there's a really important part there that um, God has specifically anointed him with. And so that's going to lead our conversation today. But Grant, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot before we move on. I think it's fun to ask people that are like their favorite thing, like, Everything thing they're loving, like this could be like a song, like a product, like seriously, like anything that's like making your life more fun. I just want to know, we want to hear and maybe see if like we would like it too. So give me what you got. Okay. So what makes life more, more fun? If I understood correctly yeah, or what, what I'm there, into right is there now? Like, is there something that you're loving? Some, something like a favorite in your life? Um, so I'm, I'm pretty nerdy at, at heart and, um, uh, my, um, my congregation actually in Kansas gave me a, a t-shirt once that uh, said, had a box of, you know, the candy nerds on it. And then yeah. said like my nerdy pastor or something like that. Um, so I, 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 I joke around and tell people I'm actually really pretty boring. I care about, you know, outside of my family, I care about, you know, Jesus, uh, theology and, and, you know, Washington Husky football. And that's about it. So <laughs> I love it. Uh, so actually what I'm, uh, enjoying right now is I, I love missions and missionary stories. And so I'm, I'm doing a study on, um, Adonai Judson's oh, cool. life. Yeah. He was the first, um, re- really missionary sent out from America, a Protestant missionary in the, the 1800s. Um, he went to, uh, to, uh, to Burma, which is today it's Myanmar, the country of Myanmar. And so I'm just reading a great uh, study on his life and just, um, his kind of philosophy of ministry and mission and, just kind of geeking out on Adonai Judson right now. So <laughs> that's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. No, that's super good. I love that. I actually, um, that name sounds super familiar. When I was little, I remember my parents gave me like this small book of like a bunch of different missionaries like him, Corey Ten Boom, some other people, um, some really just influential, like almost Hall of Fame, you know, these missionaries that are really cool. And that name sounds familiar. And I, I just love that book. So I, I feel like I need to, I need to grab that book or, you know, do another study on that too, because I think there's so much encouragement we can get from yeah, him. Yeah. Yeah. And his, really his cool. first wife, he, he ended up having three different wives cause they all, they all kept dying, you know, and <laughs> there, yeah. Um, but oh his first gosh. wife, I mean, all his wives were, were remarkable. Um, and his first wife and who initially they got married and left to go to Burma in their, probably in their mid twenties, maybe, um, 
probably not too much older than you and Michael are. And, um, and, it, and, you know, in those days it yeah. wasn't, you didn't have like, you know, these elaborate sending agencies and care teams put in place. You just kind of go. Right, right. And so the story of him and his, his first wife, um, their first few years in Burma, it's pretty incredible. Just the suffering they endured and yet the legacy they, they left, they left a foundation for that church that's still in existence today. Um, so yeah, pr- pretty amazing stuff. That's a, that's a really good read. Um, what's the book called? Do you mind sharing? Uh, so the book I'm reading is, um, 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 it, the, the, again, the, the nerdy version of it. So, uh, it's, it's called a Supreme Desire to Please Him. And it's written by, uh, it's someone's PhD dissertation, but it's, it doesn't wow. read. Yeah, I, I know it's, it's kind of nerdy, but, um, <laughs> no, it's super, it's, it's like, it, it might go over our heads. Maybe that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's well-written and it's, it's, it's really about his devotional life that, that that's, that's cool. the main focus of the yeah. study. So, super cool. um, so if you actually want to read a, a normal book, uh, about Judson, um, the classic is called, uh, to the golden shore by Courtney. I think it's Courtney Anderson is the name. Um, so to the golden shore, if you just Google that in Amazon or yeah. anywhere okay. on the internet, you'll see that. So that's a great, um, that's kind of the classic biography of, of him and his life. So, okay. Super yeah. cool. I'll definitely have to order that on Amazon. I have a running Amazon books list, but <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Thanks so, so much for sharing. Yeah. So for any of your readers that are your listeners that yeah. are interested in missions, it's a great, uh, really inspiring you know, biography of his life and his devotion to Christ. That's awesome. That's super encouraging. I am super pumped as well to, as we transition into this conversation, to uh, just hear from you because I know that I've heard some sermons from you at church and some conversations we've had, but um, I'm really excited to dig deeper. Um I would love if we could start out by um, just telling, just tell us your condensed version of your testimony, your schooling, mainly focusing on your schooling and um, tell our listeners what you've been dedicating the last few years or multiple years of your life to. Um, and it'll really kind of explain what we're talking about today. We're about to nerd out everyone in the best ways possible <laughs> on the Bible, but I know you guys are hungry for this. So Grant, take it away. Yeah. Uh, so I went to, um, like I said, Whitworth College in Spokane, um, Washington, um, mainly because I wanted to go to a, a Christian school because um, I was very new in my faith. I was very hungry to learn. Um, I, again, I didn't really have a strong church background. And so I just was very green and just, but really I wanted to just learn more of God's word. And so um, my my sophomore year, I think I went in as an English major, but my sophomore year, i um, I took a required um, class on the New Testament that was um, every undergrad had to had to take this class. And my professor was just this amazing man of God. He'd been a missionary in Africa for years, had uh, worked with Wycliffe Bible translation. Oh, yeah. And had yeah. done some translation and just was this one of the most godly Christ-like men I've, I've ever met. I mean, him and his wife actually made a big investment into my life and just were amazing people. And so... I took his class and I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do with my life. I want to, I want to teach the Bible. Mm-hmm. I want to so cool. um, be involved in missions and be like um, Dr. Morling. Um, Cause hmm. it was Roger Morling. And so, um, so that I changed my major uh, right after that to theology. And so um, spent the next few years just learning and growing uh, from my classes, got involved in some different ministry opportunities, uh, did an internship at a, at a church, um, 
worked with um, with street kids in downtown Spokane, did a ministry doing mm. uh, doing that, working with homeless um, street kids, um, did my first mission trip. So got a lot of great grounding and experience in my time in college. Um, then from there, I spent four years doing um, inner city work in, in Spokane, Washington. I ran an after school program for um, kids in a in the neighborhood that our church is located in, which is a really um, pretty raw uh, rough neighborhood. Um, mm-hmm. and actually I moved into that neighborhood cause I wanted to get that experience. Cause I grew up in the suburbs and didn't, hadn't really experienced, you know, inner city life in any form or fashion. So I mm-hmm. yeah. moved into yeah. the neighborhood and just kind of embraced being a, a neighbor and in, in this really difficult place and, and just so grew a lot through that. And then, uh, still this, the desire to teach the Bible, um, and grow, um, just as a, as a teacher of God's word. And so I went to seminary in Chicago um, at North Park Theological Seminary, which was my denomination's um, school. And there I met, um, met my wife, Suzanne. Uh, she's a Chicago girl through and through, grew up in the city and was working in the missions department at the university. So her job was to send students uh, on short-term mission trips all over the world. And so we met um, and got started dating and God led us to, to be married. And so I finished my master's of, Div- of divinity, um, in 2005. And then God called us to, um, to a small town in, in K- the state of Kansas. We, we'd never been to Kansas, didn't know anything about it other than the movie wizard of Oz. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. it was just kind of God's sense of humor that he sent us to this, you know, we were like these urban, international missionary type people. And we go to the small rural town in, in Kansas, but uh, had a great experience there though. We wonderful people, great church, spent great, you know, had our kids there, spent 14 years there. Um, and my, my second year, I think it was my second year um, at the church, maybe my third year. I can't remember exactly somewhere around 2007, somewhere after Tori, uh, Tori was born. Um, still just had this desire to, to continue on in the journey of learning how to just know and teach God's word. And so I was looking for our, um, another master's program because my, my big goal is I wanted to get a PhD um, and get my doctorate in, in New Testament. And so um, I found a, a master's program at Covenant Seminary in St. Louis, uh, Missouri, that would allow me to just go there for one week intensives and then you know, still be able to pastor and continue raise mm-hmm. my family in yeah. Kansas. And so, so I got what's called a THM, uh, a master's in theology, which is like another kind of like a, like an upgrade from the MDiv, the masters of divinity and did a, did a thesis and had to learn German and um, all kinds of stuff. So a uh, great experience at that school, loved it. And just kind of deepen my desire to go on for, for doctoral work. Um, and so that next year, um, I was looking at different schools to go to both here in the U S as well as overseas. Um, but with the, the cost of the cost of, of moving my family either overseas or to, to another place in the U S to go to school, um, just would have been astronomical, <laughs> Uh, yeah. Financially yeah. to do that. And, you know, we had just had Tori and um, 
then we had Luke in 2010 and then McKenna in 2012. So by the time I graduated from my THM, I had three young kids and, and just didn't feel called to leave ministry either. Um, so I was looking for something that I could, I could do that would keep me in Clay Center, but yeah, I could still do a, actually get a, a full PhD. And so I found a program through um, London School of Theology, which is a, an evangelical um, a college in, in London that would allow American students to do um, distance work, um, to, to have a mentor and do PhD work and still stay in their, their settings in the U.S. So I started a, a journey of doing a PhD in uh, New Testament and hermeneutics, and it's still going on. <laughs> You know, almost <laughs> yeah. almost nine years later, I, I'm supposed to finish in November. Wow. And the reason it's taken so long is because um, I, it, it's just, um, you know, life and raising kids and keeping right. your marriage together <laughs> right. and ministry. I, it just took a lot, lot longer than what I expected. So, um, you know, looking back, I'm not sure I'd recommend doing it the way I did it, but it's it's just kind of the opportunities that God gave me. So I'm I'm almost done. I'll be done in November, and I'm doing my, my dissertation on um, Paul's theology of mission in the Book of Romans. So it's kind of it's a combination of uh, hermeneutics and New Testament and Paul and mission and all the things that I enjoy and love, and just praying that I can have it done by November by my deadline. So this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 2024 has simultaneously felt like the longest and shortest year. Our little family has gone through so many highs and lows and joys and valleys. I mean, Hunter's growing up so crazy and our calendars are so crazy. And this is usually the time of year where so many of us give up on our New Year's resolutions. And while some of mine have not panned out, to be honest, there are some that have. I am personally really proud of my consistent workout routine this year. It has been something that has been so off and on since having Hunter. It's also given me so much mental clarity to be physically active. I'm also really proud that I have instilled regular rhythms of rest in my life and not just rest when I'm burnt out, which was usually the norm. When life moves so quickly, let's just slow down and celebrate our little wins and move forward in faith and make adjustments for the rest of the year. This is your little mid-year check-in. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the rest of the year. So if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, try BetterHelp to keep you on track. It's entirely online, so it flows with your lifestyle, and you can select a therapist that fits your needs and beliefs, but also feel the freedom to switch at any time to find the best match. Therapy gives you the space to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and process it, which can be really hard on your own. So visit betterhelp.com slash truth talks today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash truth talks. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so awesome. I, man, y'all, I mean, I know Grant is one of the most humble guys, but if you don't feel like he's <laughs> qualified to talk about this stuff, man, he has done so much and he dropped the hermeneutics word. That is what we were talking about today. And I'm really excited to dive into it. I did a, I did a class and actually two classes on this. Um, and what I'm doing in Bible school can never scratch the surface of what Grant's done, but um, that's kind of sparked my interest. And then when I met Grant, I'm like, okay, we like I just got super excited to even just glean from him and knew we had to have him on the show. So um, Grant, to transition, like to be super honest, I, I grew up in the church. I know it's different from your testimony. I grew up knowing Christ. I 
I grew up going to church with my family as a little baby. Um, and although I did, I, I really didn't get the point of diving deeper into the Bible and, you know, really studying it until I got to high school. You know, when I was younger, I did my Christian thing. I did my Christian thing where I read the Bible a few minutes, checked the, you know, the list off and shut it and put it on the nightstand. But I would love to talk about, you know, the importance and the purpose of God's word to set the stage for what we're going with. So from what the Bible says and what God's really just taught you, um, let's set the scene. What is the purpose of God's word and what's really the reason why he gave it to us? And, you know, are we meant for just shallow reading or what did he really purpose it for? God is, um, God as Father, Son, Holy Spirit, uh, the Trinity, the, the triune God that we profess and that we worship as as Christians, um, is a God that that communicates. God is a communicator. God reveals himself mm. to, to his people. And, and ultimately the, the word, the true word of God is, is Christ is, is Jesus. Jesus is God, God in human form. He is the revelation yeah, of God. Right. Um, but um, that revelation of God has been uh, recorded for us in, in Holy scripture. And so we believe that um, the old Testament through uh, through Israel and, and, and the faithful writer recorders of God's acts in history um, is ultimately fulfilled in Jesus Christ. You know, the word of God, whose, whose apostles mm-hmm. um, yeah. And, yeah. and other faithful writers like, like Luke and Mark and um, uh, Paul, who, you know, who weren't originally part of the, the, the 12, but they're, you know, associated with, with the apostles. they, they um, they recorded for us um, what we needed to know about our Savior and and who the true Word of God is. Um, so we believe the the Holy Spirit inspired uh, the writings of of Scripture. So um, everything we need to know about God is given to us in in Scripture in in the book. So um, mm-hmm. right. so while I, I realize that not everybody is a is a reader. Um, I mean, I had people in my church in Kansas who hadn't read a book since high school, you know, and just, just, just like hated reading. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I, right. I understand that. I mean, I, yeah. I, which to me is an oxymoron. I'm like, like, how can you not like reading? Like, how, like it is, it's like the air I breathe is books. Right, uh, me too. <laughs> but not everybody's wired that way. Um, however, um, whether it's, it's listening to the Bible on audio, um, Hearing the word of God being taught and preached in, in local churches, um, doing your, your your devotions each day. It's like God's God's word is what, um, you know, it's 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 the Holy Spirit's vehicle. It's, it's the means the Holy Spirit uses to to deepen our connection and relationship with Christ. Because apart from the scriptures, we don't have a testimony about Jesus. We we don't we don't have any information about him. Um, God, God has given us the gift of his word that we would know Christ and be able to serve him and understand life, understand our who, who God is and how we're supposed to respond to him. Uh, the, I mean, the church is, is founded on God's word. And so, um, you know, a faithful church will teach and preach God's word mm-hmm. and, and help us, help us people apply it every day. So God's word is... Um, I mean, Christ is the center of everything, and it, but it's through... The Word of God, Holy Scripture, that we we realize that center, realize yeah, who Christ right. is. So, um, yeah. So, so the Bible is is essential for everything. Right. 
Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I I know that this is common knowledge to a lot of us and, you know, friends listening, it might be like, okay, I've heard this before, but I, I think it's really important to go back to what something is to define it, to define our motivation, because I don't, I think if we don't grasp what the Bible is at its truest form, what God's word is, and like, like Grant was saying, like God himself is the word, I don't think we'll fully be able to be properly motivated to you know, to dive deeper into what we're talking about today. So I just, I just love setting the scene. So thank you for maybe repeating something that we all know, but um, just going a little deeper. Um, Grant, I'm excited now. Would you take us to Bible school? I know we only, <laughs> we have a <laughs> podcast episode to condense it. Again, I know we could talk for hours on this, but just a, a condensed mini Bible school version. I want to talk about hermeneutics. Friends listening, don't be scared by the the huge word that it is and maybe how scary it sounds. I am really looking forward to this and to how it may impact your life and hearing how it has impacted Grant's life. So Grant, I want to hear it. What is hermeneutics? Give us the 101 mini school lesson and why it is so important. Hermeneutics is, uh, yeah, it's kind of a big geeky word, um, but it is, it's the, what it literally means is, is the art and science of interpretation the art and science of biblical interpretation. And so um, I, I believe uh, as human beings that we are, we are interpreters um, and we're always interpreting the world around us. Uh, we're interpreting our experiences. We're interpreting the emails we read. We're interpreting our text messages. We're interpreting uh, the news and media we take in. We're interpreting people's gestures. Um, we are interpreters by nature. And so when it comes to God's word, um, we want to um, read it and understand it in a way that, um, that God intended, that the spirit intends for us to, um, to read. Right. So, so yeah. then we can properly, you know, know and worship God and, and respond to his word appropriately. Uh, so, so that's what hermeneutics ultimately is. It's, it's, it's how you, interpret scripture um in a way that 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 uh that is honoring and congruent with with the, what the bible actually reveals about god um uh because the, you know there's a lot of weird stuff out there and there's a lot of yeah there's some weird stuff in the bible too that's hard to understand that doesn't always make a lot of sense and so um using um your hermeneutics well your interpretive uh, mm -hmm. skills well will help you make sense of those passages that are maybe difficult as well as kind of discern what's real teaching from God's word and what's just, you know, somebody's harebrained idea that's sure. being promoted <laughs> yeah. on the internet or something. So, right. so, so through hermeneutics, we also uh, discern truth from error and what's, what's really um, of God and of the spirit and what's maybe either irresponsible interpretations or maybe just false or, um, I would say even even demonic interpretations because you know sure. we believe the yeah. the enemy will use scripture against us. I mean Jesus um, when he had his confrontation with Satan, um, Satan was using God's word against against Jesus. He was quoting scripture at Jesus, trying to tempt Jesus, and Jesus countered back with um, with his hermeneutic of what God actually means when he says um, you know what he says. So um, yeah, I think that's my. No, that's that's super. <laughs> that's super great. I, I again, I know you could have gone way longer, but I appreciated the condensed version. I think it's important because this is like the number one question that 
I get asked a lot. It's like, hey, like, I don't know how to understand the Bible. I want to, but I don't know how. Like, and I just don't feel like I ha- people say, you know, I don't feel like I have the knowledge. I don't feel like, you know, we may be like you, Grant, where we're going for our PhD, but like, how can I? How can I understand the word? Um, and like you were saying earlier, God created the word for us, for, you know, artification, for our communication with God. And so if he created it for us, we, sh- we have the responsibility to, um, you know, go after it and understand it and dig deeper. And so hermeneutics is, is that gift to us. So it may sound a little complicated, but, you know, there may be some Christians who argue that, you know, they don't need all these super systems. They have their Bible. They have what they think is the definition of it. But like you said, there's a lot of things going around. Like, you just get on social media, you know, just talk to a friend. There are a lot of different opinions, but hermeneutics makes the Bible, like it just shows us what's true and what God intended it to be. So, you know, there's all these different things, but what are your thoughts? Do you think that hermeneutics is for everyone? You know, do you think that you have to go to school for it? Do you think that, you know, that it's for everyone or just for pastors? You know, what can it do for us? You know? Yeah. Great, great question. Um, I, I think her, um, hermeneutics is for everyone um, by virtue of the fact that, um, that, that, as I said earlier, as human beings, we are, we are by nature interpreters. So when you get a text message from a friend uh, and, and you read it, um, you, are, you are interpreting. You're interpreting, um, you're interpreting what they're saying. You're interpreting the words they're using. Um, you're you, um one of you know one of the challenges with email and text messages and whatnot is you can't read tone, and so that sometimes causes conflict in in relationships where somebody misreads a text. They someone sends a text and they totally right, they, right. they get you know they're offended by it when the person didn't mean that at all. But you, you can't understand tone. Um, that's interpretation, and so like, like like a good friend will you'll you'll give your you know like if Michael sends you like a short text, you're going to give him the benefit of the doubt, you know, and say like okay, he probably doesn't mean it the way this text comes across. I'm going to assume goodwill on his part because I know his heart and that's hermeneutics. You you are, you are interpreting um, what you're, what you're reading, what you're receiving. Right. Uh, Right. So we're always interpreting the world around us. So interpretation is, is inescapable. Um, However, um, does everybody need, you know, to be, you know, like, like me and like spend decades of your life (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in school reading these tomes of you know philosophy you know no absolutely not yeah. um, um you, you don't to be a right. good reader and, and interpreter of scripture um you don't you don't have to have you know multiple degrees behind your name um i think what's um but you but you do need um but just just to assume that you don't do any interpretation at all you don't need any any help at all. You can just pick up the Bible as it is and just start reading it and fully understand it. I, I, I would push back on that a little bit and say, um, yeah, I, I would say um, we need to read scripture uh, Christianly. Right. Yeah. Say, use it that way. We need to read it um, as a, as a, as a follower of Jesus and let um, make sure that, that our hermeneutic, our approach to scripture is, is leading us to, to truth um, leading us to, to, to him. Um, and then also allowing scripture to interpret us, um, because hermeneutics does go the other way. I mean, scripture interprets our hearts and reveals things to us 
um, sometimes mm, that are yeah, challenging or hard or uncomfortable. Uh, you know, I mean, how often do you read a Bible passage and you're like, mm, right, right. I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I really want to, you know, <laughs> I really want to read this. Yeah, it's like, I'm not going to read it or we're just going to, that's not important, which, which we know, like Second Timothy 3, 16 to 17 says all scripture, you know, right. is useful for everything. And yeah, that's a good point. Right. Because right. the spirit, the spirit convicts us and we, so we, we need mm-hmm. that. So we need scripture to interpret us as well. Um, but but I'd say since interpretation itself is 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 human and inescapable, no matter who you are, what you believe, you're always interpreting. Um, the, how much more do we need to, um, yeah, really pay careful attention to how we read mm-hmm. scripture and read scripture well, so that we can ultimately worship well and, and devote right. ourselves to, to Christ well. Um, yeah. And especially in our, in our cultural climate today, when there's so much. Um, just division and conflict and mm-hmm. right. fighting back and forth over over what is true, whether it's politics or society or, or whatever. Um, um, we really need to be, I think, informed, have our, our worldview, the way that we view the world, informed mm-hmm. by by God's word. Um, so that again, so that we can discern truth from error, and and again, all right. that requires hermeneutics. So. Um, yeah, so to answer your question, hermeneutics is, is absolutely necessary. It's inescapable, um, but but it doesn't it doesn't it require you to have to have multiple degrees or anything like that. It's um, yeah, I, th- I think it's just it, it requires. Well, I, I can talk more about the process of that in, in our next yeah question. I don't get too far ahead of myself, but no, that's um, that was super great. Yeah. I when you were talking, I was thinking too how just you know to put it into current perspective for us, like you know the world now says. I mean, it's even louder. The world is louder than ever. It feels like, but you know, it seems a lot of people are saying that truth is subjective meaning that it is dependent on um, who you are, your circumstances, what you believe. But hermeneutics gives us a really, really awesome standard for truth or a standard for understanding the truth, right? Because, you know, people can take the Bible. If we don't really know the Bible, it's really easy, even if we don't mean to. Like I have done this before where I have read a scripture and I have not interpreted it interpreted well you know i have not stewarded it well or understood it well and you know that's an error that we can come across where we think that truth is subjective but hermeneutics gives us a help and i think it's like everyone listening i i think it should be something that we pursue and grant's going to kind of give us some more practical encouragement but it's a really good way for us to know like to found our lives upon the truth and a truth that's unwavering and not subjective you know like the world says so um, I really appreciated that. It gives us a lot of hope, you know, that we can, even as people who um, aren't super schooled in these things, can have hope to understand God's word and go deeper. Because I think that's what we're all craving, but we just don't know how to. So this was a really, really good conversation. Um, I would love, like you said, just a minute ago to get practical. So for me, for everyone listening, let's just dive in a little bit deeper about, you know, let's speak to the people that want to go deeper into God's word. They are interested in hermeneutics. They are interested in learning about how to interpret God's word. And when they read and they sit down and they do their devotions, they want to know how can I understand it rightly? Because I want to, like you said, love God rightly and worship him rightly. So what tips would you give us? Are there any practices that hermeneutics teaches that we can implement like tomorrow, like in our own? Bible reading. Sure. Yeah. Um, one of the temptations, um, that I think we have as believers is when you 
when we're doing our, our devotions or, or reading our Bibles, just, just individually is that we'll, you know, we'll find a verse that, that we feel like kind of speaks to us. And then we'll just, you know, take that verse as if it's, you know, directly given right to you. And, and, and God does do that. I want it. And the spirit does speak through, right. Right. Speak through the, through the word. But, um, you know, I was in a Bible study once with my, in my, when I was in pastoring in Kansas, um, with a guy who was a, a newer believer, he'd only been a Christian for a couple of years and he was reading through Isaiah. Um, just, just, just reading Isaiah straight through. And, um, and Isaiah is a great, um, really all the prophets. I mean, they're great examples of like, if you don't have some tools, <laughs> you you can take their prophecies and go all kinds of yeah. directions. Oh, oh, yeah. And so oh, yeah. he was taking Isaiah and he was these verses and saying, I think God is telling me to do this and this and this based off this, these, these visions that Isaiah was having and trying to explain. And, and I, I was just kind of like, just kind of cringing inside thinking, Oh man, no, no, no. That's not what the prophet's talking about. Yeah. At all. Yeah. And just kind of personalizing these complex prophecies to himself. And so, um, so when, when we think about hermeneutics, there, there's three, uh, when it, in interpreting scripture, there's three levels. There's, there's the author, there's the text, and then there's the reader. We are the readers. Um, the text is, is, is our Bibles. And then, then there's the author and the, the ultimate author is obviously the Holy spirit. Um, but the Holy spirit uses the individual authors that we have. So, You've got your Old Testament authors like your Isaiah, your Jeremiah, um, Ezekiel. Um, you've got Moses writing large parts of the Pentateuch. Uh, so you, you've got, um, and then the New Testament, you've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. You've got mm-hmm. Paul, Peter. So when we, when, when I approach scripture, I'm my goal is to, I want to get into the author's head. Like I want to climb into Paul's mind and, think Paul's thoughts. Mm, um, yeah. I, I want to understand um, Luke um, and, and just and walk into Luke's world and, and just just ask, what is Luke trying to show me through um, through his, his record of, of, of the life and teachings of Jesus? I, I want to understand how Paul experienced and understands Christ. So just like if I were to write a text to you or an email to you, I, I would you know, I, I would assume uh, that, you know, you will respect me by reading what I'm saying within the context of what I mean and not right, take, yeah. you know, sentences that I say or words that I say out of context and use them sure. against me, you know? Yeah, um, right. So j- just like we do that in our, our daily communication, we want to do that with, with the Bible. And so we want to say, okay, I want to um, look at, say, uh, the book of Ephesians. And so I want to I, I know that Paul wrote it, so I want to know why did he write it? Um, what were the circumstances going on in, in his life at the time that he wrote it? Mm-hmm. And what is he trying to communicate to his readers? Yeah. Um, not just me as a reader in the 21st century, but his readers that were actually going to get the letter right after he wrote it, um, the people there in, in the city of, of Ephesus. So that that then requires a little bit of homework on our part where we want to um, explore historical backgrounds. Um, we want to explore the circumstances and get a sense of the context mm, of right. what, what, what the author was, was experiencing and, and, and where the letter just came from. Um, mm-hmm. So while we believe, again, the Holy Spirit inspires all of Scripture, um, Scripture doesn't just sort of drop out of the air. Um, it came, it rose 
out of historical circumstances with human authors um, who are writing to particular situations. Um, so so I, I like to say uh, one of my favorite scholars would, says this. He says, the Bible is written for us, but it's not written to us, if that mm. makes sense. So it's yeah. written for us, but it's not written to us. And so, again, we want to we want to respect the the historical circumstances and context in which the the authors were were, were writing were writing their stuff. So so for example, like with Ephesians, um, you know, Paul's in prison when he wrote that, and so mm-hmm. um, I want to yeah. understand a little bit about the background and like well, why is he in prison? What was going on? Sure. And that, yeah. And when you read Ephesians from the perspective of, you know, this guy's in prison writing this, it's kind of amazing that he wrote what he wrote mm-hmm. while he's in prison, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And it's like, he should be just depressed and discouraged, but he writes these amazing letters, Philippians, Colossians, um, and Ephesians, which are some of the richest theology that I, I think that Paul offers us mm-hmm. um, yeah. in prison, you know? Yeah, and so, yeah. Um, and then who is he writing to? He's writing to the church in Ephesus. So I want to understand about Ephesus. So you look at the book of Acts, you can read about how Ephesus started. You can look at, you know, study Bibles and get some background mm-hmm. on what yeah. the, what that city was like. So, um, so again, the, the Bible is, a, it's an, it's an invitation for us to step out of our own world into, into a different world and look at life differently um, according to what the Spirit of God wants to teach us through the, the unique author um, of that particular letter or text. Mm-hmm. And so um, this also kind of helps us, you know, get away from just taking verses at random and applying them. Right. Yeah. Again, without asking the question, like, what did the author actually mean? So, um, you know, so for, for example, First uh, Corinthians 13 on love, mm-hmm. you know, love, uh, um, you know, love is patient, love mm-hmm. is kind. Right. And, yeah. Um, uh, you know, I can't tell you how many weddings as a pastor that I, I did. Uh, I always let the couples that I, that I marry select their own scripture and, yeah. and that's a popular one to do. Right. And it's great. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's great. It's, it's, it's a, I, I didn't have an issue with that because it was, I, I think there's great application to marriage, but in the context, Paul's not talking about marriage. He's talking about spiritual gifts and how we use our spiritual gifts. Um, mm, right. So, mm-hmm. so while again it, it has application to marriage, it's not it's not on romance and love and and between a man and a woman. That passage is about how we treat one another one another in the body of Christ, mm-hmm. uh, particularly in how we use spiritual gifts. Um, you know, another one is I, I people would always say where two or three are gathered together. Yeah. You know, God is there with them and he'll hear our prayers. So right, right. Um, let's get a prayer group together and, and three or more people. Three and more God's people. Yeah. yeah. And again, the, the context, Jesus, that has nothing to do with, um, with prayer at all. It's talking about actually church discipline in Matthew mm. 18 and the two or three witnesses was a Jewish According to Jewish law, anytime you had an, a, an accusation against someone, you needed two or three witnesses mm-hmm. to yeah. confirm that. And so, um, so while that has application for prayer, it's not. It's not that passage is not about um, about prayer uh, specifically. It's about right, right. how we do church church discipline. So it's actually <laughs> kind of a, a a more challenging text than people often make it. Oh, make it oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So I think you know when we think about hermeneutics, we're we're, we're, we're thinking 
you know, how do I, as a reader, um, interpret this text in a way that the author intended me to, to read it? Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, I, and I think if, if we allow that, um, that perspective to, to kind of govern our, our interpretations, I, 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 from my experience, um, I, I feel like the, the Bible, I mean, God's word comes alive and speaks to me more powerfully when I understand what the author is wanting to communicate to me. And, right. Because um, right. yeah. the, then it feels like, okay, I, the author is talking to me now mm-hmm. through, through this right. ancient text. He's, right. he's, he's talking to me and I'm, I'm learning cool. through, uh, through what he wants to convey to me mm-hmm. um, as, as I'm reading it in, in, in the way that he intended it to be, uh, to, to be understood. Um, right. Yeah. What I think is super cool about that is, you know, you know, a lot of our questions as Christians, you know, when we're first looking at the Bible or, you know, we first want to dig deeper into the Bible is, you know, what is this? What does this mean for me? You know, we have a lot of questions about application. We have a lot of questions about what do we do with this and um, what does it mean? And hermeneutics, like you just kind of laid out with some really practical tips. That's really the answer for a lot of those questions, because when we know God's word within context, when we know, you know, we put ourselves in the, I think it really like takes, you know, putting yourself in someone else's shoes to a whole nother level, right? Like you're literally placing yourself in that circumstance to see what, you know, the Holy Spirit said to that author, to the, you know, to the, what do you call it, to the audience, you know? And so I think it answers a lot of questions for us because we, we wonder, you know, what does this mean? What does this mean for me? And hermeneutics helps us answer those questions by diving deeper. I mean, obviously it takes more work on our end and, um, you know, it can be overwhelming. So for people that may, you know, they want to put something like these things into practice, like the who, the what, and the why, and all the things you shared, you know, what are some, maybe some resources or things like that, that you've really liked over the years, like commentaries or things like that, that would um, just kind of help ease this process and maybe, you know, not make it seem quite so overwhelming. Yeah. Um, the, the best resource in, in my opinion is um, I think the ESV study Bible, yeah, is the one. best one on the market. Yeah. And I, I would push that on my congregation constantly. And they're like, are you getting like, you know, kickbacks from Crossway <laughs> right, yeah. Publishing for promoting, yeah, marketing right. this, this Bible? But I'm like, right. no, it's really, it's, it's that good. And a lot of my professors from uh, Covenant Seminary are, were the, uh, the editors of that volume. And so it's, oh, that's um, cool. That's cool. it's, it's really good. But even if, if you don't have the ESV study Bible, you have a different study Bible, um, that, that, that's fine. You don't have to have that one. But um, so like reading the introduction, um, most study Bibles have an introduction that talk, that talk about the historical background and the author and the circumstances. Um, reading that is really is good and, and important and kind of helps you get get that sense of context of of whatever it is you're, you're looking at. Um, and then the study notes are, are helpful as well. Um, to um, yeah, just just to, again give you a sense of like what's what's going on. What is the author trying to communicate, and what what's going on with that? Um, particularly when you read the Old Testament, uh, especially the prophets. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> understanding the background there is is critical to really getting what's going on, because otherwise mm-hmm. you you get lost with all the metaphorical sure, language. Yeah. Um, so the ESV Study Bibles um, probably the the best. Uh, easy to get your hands on resource to that. I would encourage anyone to start using right away. Um, another book that's, uh, that's really good, um, is called, um, how to read the Bible for all it's worth. 
Um, Gordon Fee, F-E-E, Gordon mm-hmm. Fee okay. is one of the authors. And I forget the other guy's name. Um, but that's a really helpful book because it, it's written at a, at, at a kind of a, a lay leader level. It's not a big scholarly book. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. But it talks about, um, you know, issues of, of like genre. Uh, what's the difference right, between yeah. like an epistle and a prophecy and uh, apocalyptic literature, which is what Revelation is is, is written as? Um, that that's a, a really uh, a, an excellent book. Um, so how to read God's um, how to read the Bible for all it's worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin DeYoung has put out some good stuff on on the Bible on reading the Bible. Um, yeah, he's he's the I love his books. I love his books. Yeah, because he he writes again in a very um, he writes good solid theological stuff, but he's able to communicate it. And I think in a very accessible way for for most people. Um, so he's um, he's got some good stuff out there about reading the Bible. Um, yeah. Uh, as far as commentaries go, if you if you want to go a little deeper and, and get a um, go into commentaries, one of the best commentary series that's out there is called the, the NIV Application Commentary Series. Um, it's produced by the by the NIV group, so so you know the NIV translation, um, which mm-hmm. I, I again I'm more of an ESV guy than I'm than, than I am an NIV guy, but. But that, I mean, that aside, um, it's those, those commentaries are are really well done and and um, pretty accessible. Um, another uh, good commentary uh, series that is called the the story of uh, the story of God Bible commentary um, by by Zondervan. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, th- that's a, that's a good series. Um, that that's that again. That's that's more more accessible. Um, so those are the ones that, that come to mind just yeah. off, off the top of my head that are um, if you're wanting to look at uh, look at commentaries. Um, but really, I and, and then just just listen to good teaching on um, listen to good good preachers that do that do good interpretation of of scripture. And there's um, a lot of good re- resources at like um, you know the Gospel Coalition website's got a ton of great resources on teaching yeah um and and then just listen to good good expository preachers so um i mean some of my favorites are i really like john piper a lot i like um alistair Begg. um i like uh people like mark dever um matt chandler those are some of the the um, people that I, i gravitate towards that are great bible teachers that make it applicable to people but they do their homework really well um yeah you know of course our own pastor uh, stan myers is amazing um i know uh so little plug for the church that's uh that tara's from yep. and that, that i go to uh you can go online and listen to pastor Stan's sermons but um but if you listen yeah. to his preaching like yeah. he does a very very good job of really looking at context and what does the author mean and and then drawing out the applications. No, that's, that's super, super helpful. I appreciate that. I mean, I love most of those resources that you're sharing. There's a few new ones, but I think it's really helpful to have things to walk away with and, and just to really know that they're trusted resources and they're super solid. So I'm really excited to look into those and um, just like another word to those that may be listening and be like, okay, it's like a lot of information. Like I know this can be a lot, but just to, I was just thinking, you know, like just remember to rely on the Holy Spirit throughout this whole process. You know, Grant was saying this earlier, like the Holy Spirit has inspired the word. I think we really forget the power of the Holy Spirit within us. Um, You know, he's our guide and our counselor, you know, as Jesus says in the gospels, and he's our helper. And this 
really, really applies to with, with the word of God and with our understanding of it. So just a reminder, I have to remind myself of that all the time, you know, even when I get overwhelmed. So Grant, I really, really appreciate the time that you spent today. So encouraging, a lot, a lot to learn. Um, to close, it would be awesome. I know you mentioned L's a little bit earlier. It would be really awesome to hear about um, any any new things coming up in L's, any ways we can support, any way we can pray. Um, just give us a little more information on that so we can um, just partner with what God's doing through L's. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So because of uh, the coronavirus, we haven't been able to travel overseas Um this last year, uh, but we are mm-hmm. hoping to go um, uh, to Malawi in September. Um, in the meantime, I will be doing um, an online uh, conference in June for a group of pastors in, in Kenya. Um, and and I, and I hope after my, my dissertation is finally over, I'd like to do what you're doing and, you know, develop like a podcast for, yeah, for pastors and do, do more writing and blogs and that sort of thing. So hopefully over the next year, um, yeah, we'll get more content out there, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, if anyone's interested in learning more about Els International, you can go to our website, uh, ellsinternational.com and, um, you can contact me, of course, if you have any questions about what we, we do, but really what, what, what we talked about here today is what we do overseas is, is, mm-hmm. is helping pastors, um, learn how to interpret uh, God's word um, by understanding context and authorship and, um, you know, just some basic rules of interpretation. And then out of that, form their sermons and, and their teaching mm-hmm. material. That's so good. So The commitment yeah. to God's word and to preaching it as it is intended is, is right there with Els. And um, I appreciate that in you too. And I just really love this conversation. And I hope that it's something that people can refer back to and, um, that isn't overwhelming, but it's something that gets people excited, right? Like, I think that that's like your big passion. Whenever I talk to Grant about God's word or hermeneutics, it just excites you because there's so much hope in understanding the Bible the way that God intended it. So Grant, thank you so, so much again for being here. And I just appreciate your time and how you're serving us with this word. I uh, just really appreciate your friendship and, and knowing you. So thank you. Oh, well, thanks for having me. It's been great to great to talk and uh, hope we can do it again sometime.